Hey, this is Kerwin Santiago, pastor of Social Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I pray that this message blesses you and helps you grow in your faith to become more like Jesus. Welcome to Social Church this morning once again. Happy New Year, everybody. Can you turn to somebody and just tell them Happy New Year? Probably didn't see them since last year. haven't seen you since last year. Tell them it's been a long time, but it's good to be here. Uh, it's good to start off the new year. No better, no better place to start off the new year than here on a Sunday than at church. Amen. To be gathered with other believers, uh, with brothers and sisters in Christ. And to come and worship God together, right, as his body, as his community. And to hear the word of God, most importantly, that transforms and still changes us today. I believe that there is power in the word of God. I got one amen on that one. One person believes that. But listen, I, I still believe, I know this is probably not... Uh, popular today but I still believe that this Bible has power and it has power not because it is religious but because the words in here are the revelation of God are the revelation of God and as we get to know God our lives are transformed and changed and so I want to challenge you I want to uh, encourage you this year to get into the word more because it's through the word of God that our lives will be changed and transformed and I don't know how many say man I don't want to continue being the same person in 2020 okay again one person says amen to that the rest of you want to stay the same that's that's on you that's fine you want to be the same person good for you but listen I'm tired of the same old same old Come on, somebody. I'm tired of being the same person. Come on. Aren't you tired sometimes of looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, come on again? Aren't you tired of making the same mistakes, doing the same old things and saying, man, is my life ever going to change? Is anything ever going to be different? I declare over your life, 2020 is going to be a new year. It's going to be a different year. It's not going to be the same. so the theme for this year last week we mentioned that last year we said this last week just last Sunday that I preached on basically if we wanted to give it a theme it would have been less is more I know that that's not a popular thing to say coming into a new year because the popular thing to do is to have resolutions right to add more onto your plate, you know, to have a list of goals, of things that you want to accomplish that you haven't done before. But I want you to get into the mindset that in reality maybe in order for us to be effective and in order for us to be able to maybe be even more productive, we have to let go of some things in our lives. Maybe for you it's letting go of a relationship 
that has been holding you back. Maybe for you it's letting go of a responsibility that is just not your responsibility. Maybe it's just letting go of something in your life to clear up some space so that you can fill that space up with God and his presence and the word of God and doing the things that will take you to the next level. Come on, can I get an amen, somebody? So the theme, the theme for 2020 is less is more. 2020 for me, and I hope that it's for you, it's the year of less is more. Amen, amen. I know that's a cliche, but man, there's some truth to that. And today I want to go ahead and start a new message. Again, as you've seen, we started our new time today also. There's, you know, new time, new year, new time. We started at 10 o'clock. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Praise God for that. You got to sleep in a little bit more. I know I did. And can I be honest with you? I feel a little, you know, like more refreshed this morning than I have in the past waking up earlier to be here at 930. Can I get an amen? Am I the only one? Come on. Be honest, guys. You know it's true. So you shouldn't fall asleep on now on this, this one, right? You got more sleep. But listen, this day we're going to start a new series. And the new series is titled Counter Culture. Say with me, Counter Culture. And Counter Culture, I believe, is the theme of the Sermon on the Mount. What is the Sermon on the Mount? The Sermon on the Mount is that part of Scripture in the Gospel of Matthew. You know your Bible books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels in the New Testament. That's how they begin. In Matthew, chapter 5, 6, and 7, all these three chapters, 5, 6, and 7 are the Sermon on the Mount. That's what they're called, the Sermon on the Mount, because it's, when Jesus, the Bible says, goes up on a mountain, when he sees the crowds, he goes up on a mountain and the disciples, the Bible says, they come to him and he begins to teach, saying, and it goes three chapters. His preaching, his message goes for three chapters. And now, listen, if Jesus would have preached this sermon, just the way it's written in Matthew, the sermon would have taken 10 minutes. So it's not a long sermon. But a lot of scholars believe that Matthew, what he did was summarize the whole sermon. Because in reality, what Jesus taught on that mountain probably took a whole summer. It wasn't two hours. It wasn't a week. It was a summer school. All right? It was like going to summer school. And so what we capture in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are the main principles that Jesus wanted to teach the crowds and specifically the disciples. And so the reason why I believe the message of the Sermon on the Mount is countercultural is because this sermon, in this sermon, Jesus begins to talk about characteristics that the disciples should have. Ways of living that they should embody. Things that they should do that were really different 
from the time in which they were living in. Different in two aspects. Number one, the way of living as a disciple of Jesus, number one, should have been different from the world. That's number one. But number two, it should have been different from the religious people of their time. So the way that Jesus begins to speak about this way of life lets us know that this message is a countercultural message. It's a message that is different. It's a message that is not the same. So what is counterculture? What is a counterculture? A counterculture, listen, is a culture and a lifestyle. Say with me, lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of people who reject or oppose the dominant values and behaviors of that society. In other words, it's a way of life and it's a set of attitudes that is opposed to the prevailing social norm of the time. In other words, listen, can I put it this way? It's going against the flow. It's living in a way that's different from what's popular in the time. Can I get an amen? Somebody, are you understanding what I'm saying? And if I was to explain this in some way, I would explain it by telling you that there was a counterculture group of people in the 1960s called the hippies. And the hippies were members of this group in the USA that spread a movement throughout the United States and it spread throughout the whole world completely in which they created their own communities. They listened to different music. They embraced what was called the sexual revolution and they even started using drugs that made them different. The hippie movement that started as a countercultural movement, it was different from mainstream culture. It was different from mainstream society, became a movement that was different, but it also made a difference. And I'm not saying that it was good, because not every countercultural movement is good. You see, they promoted their own ideals. They promoted their own principles. They created a community and a movement that had an effect in the world as they knew it. That's what counterculture is. Countercultural doesn't mean I'm just different for the sake of being different. Countercultural means that I'm different, but as I'm different, I also make a difference. And when Jesus begins to speak on the Sermon of the Mount, he is speaking about a community and a movement and a counterculture that is not only supposed to be different, it's supposed to make a difference. And I don't know who I came to talk to today, but I'm just going to give you the introduction to the series Counterculture this morning. But I want to let you know that that's what the church is supposed to be. The church, God has called it out not to be the same, but to be 
their friend. God has saved you not so that you can remain the same as you were, but so that you can be different. That's the whole point. Turn to somebody and tell them that's what you're supposed to be. Different. <laughs> different. It's not popular. Different. Different is not the norm. You see, the church is called to be different. And the reason why I tell you this is because when Jesus here in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, that's all I'm going to cover today. The Bible says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he was there, the disciples came to him, and he opened up his mouth, and he began to teach them. And so, listen, as we were talking about last year in the series, The Messiah, Jesus is the Messiah, right? And Matthew presents him as that Messiah that the Jews were expecting to come to deliver them and free them and save them, right? From the bondage and the pressure and oppression of the culture and of the society. But Jesus, in reality, didn't come the way they expected. That's why they missed him. But listen, what happens now is that when Matthew speaks of Jesus as going up on a mountain, because Matthew is writing to Jews who he's trying to convince that Jesus was actually the Messiah they were expecting, yet they didn't believe it. As he describes Jesus as going up on the mountain and now speaking and preaching a sermon about characteristics of a way of living, what he's doing is that he is in a way making Jesus to look like a new Moses. Because Moses in the Old Testament, when God gave him the law, are you with me this morning? Don't lose me this morning. I'm, I'm, giving, I'm setting the foundation. Moses, when he, when he was about to receive the law from God, he went up on a mountain. And when he went up on the mountain, that's where he received what we know of as the Ten Commandments and many other laws. The commandments and the laws that were supposed to guide the people of God as a new people. Why? Because God had delivered them from oppression in Egypt under Pharaoh. And they had come out in what you know of as the Exodus. And they came out of Exodus, they came out of Egypt in Exodus to the promised land that God had said was going to be theirs because God promised them that they would be a nation, that they would be their own people, that they would rule the world. So they came out of Egypt where they were enslaved into the desert through a process where God was taking them in order to bring them into the promised land. And so listen, I want you to get this. Because now as God brings them out of Egypt and is getting ready to take them into the promised land. He tells them through the law and through Moses. He tells them you guys are not to be the same as the people in Egypt. That's why I'm bringing you out. That's why I'm delivering you so that you can be different. So there's a command. I'm bringing you out 
But don't forget when I bring you out. Not to be the same as the people that you were living among. You have to be different. I'm calling you out of Egypt, out of oppression, to be a holy people. But then he told them, listen, remember this too. I'm not only bringing you out and I'm reminding you don't be like them. I'm bringing you into the promised land in a land that's going to be yours, but right now is occupied by your enemies. And those people living in there, I'm dispossessing them of the land. And I'm giving it to you because they are evil. So not only am I reminding you, don't be like the people that you were enslaved under. Don't be like the people that you are getting ready to kick out of the promised land. In other words, you are to be. That's what the call of God is to us today too and to the church. When Jesus steps up on that mountain and he begins to teach the disciples and the crowds hear him. Jesus is bringing a new law. He is bringing a new way of life. He is preaching to the people and telling them you have to be I don't know if I came to talk to anybody this morning, but I came to tell you 2020 cannot be the same as 2019. Something has to be different. Something has to change. That's what God is calling us to. He's calling us to make a difference. For the church is called out to be different as Jesus goes up on that mountain I believe that in a way Jesus is separating himself from the crowds that were following him because there were many and the crowds represent the general people people of all kinds from all backgrounds Maybe some were committed and some weren't. Maybe some were disciples and some really weren't. But the ones that Matthew says that come to him are the disciples, the followers of Jesus. There's a difference between the crowd and the disciples. The crowd is interested in hearing the message. The crowd is interested in seeing the miracles. But they're not willing to make the changes that are necessary to follow him. Only the disciples hear the message and they live according to the message. They are willing to carry their cross like Jesus. They are willing to deny themselves. And they are willing to follow and obey what Jesus commands. Now the church is called to be different. Say with me different. But here's the problem. Sometimes the reality is that when we come to the church, what we find is not that the church is different. What we find is that the church is more of the same. What we find is that the church looks a lot like where we came out of. And I don't know who I came to talk to this morning. Come on. I hope that I'm talking to somebody. But in our attempt to find something different in the church, 
In reality, a lot of times, we find more of the same thing. And the reason why I believe this happens is because the church itself, instead of making a difference in the world, has become like the world. Instead of being different from the world, they have adopted the values and they have adopted the characteristics of the culture in which they live. They have become like the world. And I'm not talking about this church, but maybe other churches. You go in there and you find more of the same. It's hard to tell the difference between who is a believer and who is not. Because the church has become like the world. And if there is, if there is any criticism that can hurt the church more than anything, it is to tell the church or to tell a believer you are just like the others. Listen. I believe this, that in an honest and true and pure motive to try and be relevant, the church has become irrelevant. I know you guys are quiet this morning. You guys got quiet all of a sudden. Because the church has wanted to be so relevant, we have become so much like the world. Listen, I know this because I fell into that trap. We want everybody, we want, as a Christians, we want everybody to see us as normal. We want the world to see us as normal. You guys, hello somebody. Am I talking to anybody this morning? I'm just going to preach over here to the wall. Come on, I've been there. I've told people myself as I'm evangelizing and talking to them about church wherever I've been outside of these four walls. I've talked to people and I've said, listen, we're just like you. We're no different. We're normal. We're normal. We've tried to make ourselves normal for the sake of trying to reach people in being relevant. Can I get an amen? I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one that has done this. doesn't matter how we've tried to do it by the way we dress we've dressed like the world dresses and we've and there's nothing wrong with that believe me man this is culture you know we want to look good that's fine and I'm not just talking about external and exterior things the more important things are in the heart you know I'm not just talking about that we look like the world in the way we dress and in the way we talk and in our language and all that kind of stuff yeah we look like the world and exteriorly because we live in the culture. But I'm not just talking about that. Because if we just talk about that, we're talking about legalism. And I'm not, I didn't come to talk about legalism, about what you can wear, what you can't wear, how you should talk and how you should not talk. That's irrelevant when it comes to the true message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when it comes to being countercultural. Because Jesus himself said, listen, the most important thing is not what is on the outside. The most important thing is, on, is what is on the inside. Because it is out of the heart that evil things come. 
And eventually the exterior is a reflection of what's on the inside, not the other way around. You can look pretty on the outside. You can look religious on the outside, but on the inside not be anything like that at all. So it's not about on the outside, but what's on the inside that matters. But in an attempt to be relevant, I believe that the church has not only become like the world on the outside, they become like the world on the inside. And so not only can't you tell the church apart from the world exteriorly sometimes, and that's no problem, that's fine. But sometimes you can't even distinguish the church and the Christian from the world in the way they behave and they live. And that's where there has to be a difference. Say with me, there has to be a difference in the way we live. Because if we live just like the world, then we are no different from the world. And when Jesus calls his disciples, he calls them to be different, separated, not like them. That means that you have to be willing to let go of who you used to be and what you used to do. And you have to have the boldness. You have to be willing to be. That's counterculture. That's the message of the gospel. And so, for a long time, I tried to be like the world in order to win the world. Good intentions. But then the influence of the world creeps into the church. And it looks more of the same. There's no difference. There's no difference in the way we live. There's no difference in the way we behave. There's no difference in our norms and our practices. And it all just becomes the same. And so the question becomes then, if it's all the same, then what? Why come to church? If it's all the same, why come to church? But I came to tell you that even though the church in some ways and in some instances and in some places even has become like the world and maybe, maybe we've even adopted the norms and the values of this world and we have become so much like it that we can't tell the difference between them. And we... For most of us that have been in the church for a while have been disappointed with where the church is at, with the difference the church is making. And there I believe God is raising up a generation now because of this dissolution and because of this disappointment that we feel we know, man, the church is supposed to not only be different, it's supposed to make a difference. And that's what I want. And I don't know if that's what you want this morning. But that's what I want. And that's what Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount. Throughout it, he not only tells them you got to be different from the world, you got to be different from the religious people. Listen, it's not just if you have sexual intercourse 
and you're married with somebody outside of your marriage, with somebody that's not your wife or somebody that's not your husband, then you've committed adultery. Now Jesus says, listen, you know what adultery is? It's not just that. Adultery is to even look at a woman and think of her lustfully. Or for women to look at men lustfully. If you do that, if you, just in your mind, you do that, you've already committed adultery. And so Jesus is saying, listen, people of the kingdom are to be different. Not only from the world. Not only in the exterior, but in the interior. And as I read the Sermon on the Mount, and I read the demands of Jesus upon the disciples, I read it and I say, man, these are impossible to follow. Who can go day by day and not sin in their mind. That's hard. Can I tell you a secret this morning? Nobody can do it. Am I taking a load off of you this morning? I don't know if I am. But nobody can do that. Because what Jesus was doing through the preaching of the Sermon of the Mount was that he was revealing who he was. The only one that could live out these principles was Jesus. Because he was the word of God made flesh. And so if we come to the Sermon on the Mount and we think, man, these are things that I have to start to do in my life now so that I can be countercultural or so that I can be like Jesus. Listen, it's going to be uphill, my brother, my sister. You're going to have a hard time. You're going to be frustrated trying to live by these things because these are norms and principles that are so high above us that we cannot live by them on our own. The only way that we can live by them is by what Jesus told this religious leader of his time, Nicodemus, one night. If you want to be in the kingdom of God and you want to be Countercultural. You want to be part of a community that is different from what you know religiously and worldly. Do you want that? You want something different. The only way of being able to live this way is by being born again. There has to be an operation. You, you, listen, we can't just be restored and made newer. We can't just come into the new year and expect to be different people if we're just making some little changes in our lives here and there. It's not going to happen. It's like, listen, it's like this. Doing that is like having an old pair of jeans that you love. They're your favorite pair of jeans. And then they get ripped. And I know nowadays it's probably this is not a good illustration because if they get ripped, you're in style. But imagine them being ripped and you're like, I don't want to rip in them. I need to fix that because I love these old jeans I've had for so long. So what do you do? You go out and you buy a new pair of jeans. And you cut up the new pair of jeans. And you take 
that cloth from the new pair of jeans and you patch up the old. That's what you're doing. If you just try to take the principles of the Sermon on the Mount and you try to apply them to your life and say, well, I'm, I'm going to be different because I'm going to make some changes in my life here and there. What you're doing is you're taking new things to patch up something old. It's not really new. It's not new. It's more of the same. Just putting something on top of something that's already been. But Jesus doesn't call us to being the same with maybe new additions. I don't know about you, but I, I don't want just to patch up the old in my life. Am I talking to anybody this morning? I don't just want to patch up the old with some new things in my life this year. I, I want everything to be new in my life. Do you want that this morning? C come on, can I get an amen? Do you want that for 2020? Do you want that for the new year? Do you say this morning, I want to be different? Then we need to do what Jesus told Nicodemus. He said, whoever wants to come into the kingdom needs to be born again. And being born again, listen, are you here? Being born again is a belief. Number one, you have to accept this truth. That in order to be different, like Jesus speaks about in the Sermon on the Mount, number one, you have to accept that you have to be born again. You have to accept that. I have to be born again. I can't, I can't. Number two, number two, you have to believe it, that you have to be born again. And being born again is about accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And saying, I'm going to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. And I'm going to put my trust in him. Because I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And I confess him as my Lord with my mouth. And when you do that, you are born again spiritually. You are made new completely. And then you can begin to live this countercultural life, this new life. Through the help of the Holy Spirit that comes to abide in you. Close, close your eyes real quick and bow your heads. And if this morning you say, Pastor... I want to be different. I want to be different. I don't want to be the same. I don't want to do more of the same. I don't just want to change a few things in my life. I want, I want to be completely transformed and changed. And therefore, today as I hear you, I accept that the only way of doing that is by being born again, by accepting that I have to be born again, and by believing that I have to be born again. And the only way of being born again of my heart being changed completely of me receiving a new heart is by believing in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And so today, I want to put my trust in Him. I want to give my life to Him so that I can be different. If that's you this morning, no, nobody looking, every head bowed, every eyes closed. Can you just raise, raise your hand right there so I can pray for you? God bless you. 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 God bless you all. 
raise your hand. Now you can put it down. And I want to pray with you. If this is your first time, if this is your first time praying this prayer of salvation, to put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your first, if this is your first time, raise your hand so that I know. Okay, you can put it down now. Now repeat after me. Say, Jesus. Everybody repeat this with me. Come on, everybody. Say, Jesus, I come before you. And this morning, as I hear your message, I accept that I have to be born again. And I believe that I have to be born again. And in order for that to happen in my life, I have to put my faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I have to put my trust in Him. And so I do that this moment. I give you my life, Jesus. I give you my heart. Change me. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my wrongdoing. Purify my heart and my mind. Make me a new creation. And in this moment, now I receive by faith that new life in Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together. 2020. It's going to be a countercultural year. It's a year to be different. Say with me, I'm going to be different. Say with me, I'm going to be different. You should put that on your phone, on your screensaver. Put, I'm going to be different. Put, be different. That's what you should focus on this year. And I challenge you, I encourage you to read the Sermon on the Mount as you do that. If you are here for the first time, or you have made the decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior this morning. You've never done that. Your next step would be to access social, meaning to take the next step, to, to know more about the decision that you have made. And today, after service ends in a few minutes, I'm going to stay behind, and I'm going to go ahead and talk to those who want to take that next step. If you want to access social, you want to know more about your faith. You want to know more about Jesus. You want to know more about how to grow spiritually. Stay after church. I'm going to be here, right here. If you're already a Christian, please find three, five people before you leave. Don't just rush out. You know, hug them. Get to know somebody new. Man, let's create a difference. Amen. Let's make a difference in 2020. Let's be different. And let's make a difference. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please subscribe, share, take a screenshot, tag us, and I'll see you next time.